Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the power of identity. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is March 6th, 2023. And I have quite a kind of touchy subject. Not even kind of. It is a touchy subject today where it has to talk with the power of identity. And I know a lot of times when you are listening to my podcast, you have no idea where I'm going with because the reality is... I don't either. It's really where the spirit moves me. It's like, all right, what is it exactly that you're trying to teach me and tell me, Lord? I do want to let you know that the Parsha or the Torah reading this particular week is called Kitisa. I have no idea if I pronounced that correctly. The Torah portion is Exodus chapter 30, verse 11 to chapter 34, verse 35. Then you have the half Torah portion, which is 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 39. And the Brit Hadashah is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 18. I encourage you to open up your Bibles and read those today. And if you're not reading that, read something else in the Word. Every single day, immerse yourself in His Word. Now, the topic is the power of identity, which in many ways could be very touchy. In other ways, it could be not touchy at all. But that is... Not the case for me today. It's definitely a sensitive conversation and it's something that's really been laid on my heart. And you know, this podcast is called Messy Messianic Mama. And the reality is we all are kind of a mess in some way, shape or form. And I live in the same world that you do. And lately I've been noticing even more so than normal because this has been prevalent even well before I was even born where there are many of us who identify in things that I don't think are actually that important to God. And the reason I say that is because you don't find it in his word. The main one I'm actually thinking about, and I know I'm going to hear a group groan when I say it, is the color of one's skin. Please, please, please correct me on this if I'm completely off base, but I do not believe there's anywhere in the word, in the Bible, where the color of one's skin is discussed in a negative way. Now, you could argue that one's culture, because one is from a certain place, ergo they were a certain color, that maybe that could be argued But I'm not talking about that. You literally, I do not believe, can find where Adonai or anyone in the Bible is talking about the color of one's skin in a derogatory manner. They do discuss, discuss, I believe, um, Beersheba or Bathsheba. One of them, the one who came to see Solomon, I always get them confused. Um, I believe she had skin of ebony. But it was not said in a bad way. It was said as in she was gorgeous. She was absolutely beautiful. Now, what does this have to do with the power of identity? I want you to stop and ask yourself a few questions about yourself. I've I've done this myself. I encourage you to do this on a regular basis to kind of remind you what's actually important. Who are you? 
I'm actually getting a visual of watching the cartoon of Alice in Wonderland and the caterpillar is asking Alice that question while blowing smoke in her face. Who are you? You know, but it's actually a really good question. Who are you? And of course, our first instinct is to simply say, I am so-and-so. This is my name, right? My name would be, I'm Erica Lacasse. But how do you identify yourself? Is the color of your skin who you are? The reason that this really kind of was really just in my mind all week, I watched something the other day on Facebook one of those videos where they had seven gentlemen all in one room with a masks masks on their face. All of them were black gentlemen, except for one. And the whole point of them doing this, having them be in a room with masks on so they couldn't see, was so that they could be able to identify who the one person in the room was that wasn't black. Which in psychological terms is actually really a fascinating study if you really think about it and it was very interesting to me because it's it's almost kind of crazy how there has been this subtle shift of almost in some aspects racism which most people would consider when you say, oh, you're a racist or something of that nature, you're talking about saying something negative or derogatory about somebody of color, somebody who's black. The reality is that's actually not, that's not a true statement because racism is only, is not only when it's geared towards black people, it's against anyone. And I think we get so caught up in that. Um, A person who believes in racism is the doctrine that one's own racial group is superior or that a particular racial group is inferior to, to others. So it doesn't have to do with blacks on whites or whatever. It could literally be anyone and anything. That being said, there's kind of been this shift where now I am a person who is white. But I'm going to be honest with you. That is not something I identify as. It's just the color of my skin. That is not the first thing that comes to mind when somebody asks me who I am. And nor should it be. You know, I I go back to this and I think I did a podcast all about it. I think it was uh, in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day where, you know, he talks about So he says, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their color. And I think some people are so desperate for that, that they're willing to actually flip it on its head. Now, one of his children said when he talked about the beloved community, he talked about everyone bringing their gifts, their talents, their cultural experiences. We live in a society where we may have differences, of course, but we learn to celebrate these differences. I would agree with that. The problem is when we start to identify as one certain group, 
And if you're not part of that group, then you're wrong or you're treated differently and not necessarily in a kind way. What was so interesting about the seven men in the room, it was funny because they, they kind of had them in different, they did the whole spiel, but they definitely had moments where they kind of had each man in a separate room kind of talking about the experience. And it was funny because uh, they actually ended up not voting out the white guy. They actually voted out a couple other gentlemen who were black. Why? Because they weren't acting black enough. Ironically, the one man who was white actually grew up in a black household. He was adopted by by a black mother. He was surrounded by other black people. He actually never actually had any experiences with people of his color until he was in his 20s. My point is this. We should not be caring about what other people look like on the outside. One of Martin Luther King's other children says, to get to a place where the first thing that we utilize as a measurement is not someone's external designation, but it really is trying to look beyond that into the substance of a person and making certain decisions to rid ourselves of those kinds of prejudices and biases that we often bring to decisions that we make. That takes a lot of psychological work, she says, adding, he's really challenging us, Martin Luther King Jr. And I think that that's true in this particular particular scenario because all of us grow up with biases and prejudices. I'm not immune to that either. For me, it really doesn't come down to color because I, I, I hate it when people, and I know hate's a really strong word, but I really do not like when people say, oh, you know, they're, uh, and they talked about this a lot, those seven men, they talked about microaggressions where if a black gentleman is walking towards a white woman and they will purse their lips and do kind of like a nod to them, that's a microaggression to him. And for me, I'm like, Clearly you weren't growing up in New England because that's how we greet everybody. (laughs) That had nothing to do with the color of your skin. Or another example is, you know, if um, you're sitting in your car and a black man starts walking towards your car, you lock the door. Well, for me, that's not why I lock my door. For me, I lock my door. I don't care who you are. I don't care what color skin you are. I don't care if you're a woman, a man, whoever you are, I'm going to lock my car. Why? Because I believe in being safe and I don't necessarily have, and I think rightly so, I, I'm not naive enough to think that everybody has my best interests at heart. And so I think that it's really important for us to recognize that and also for us to recognize that not all of that is, is just Racism. It has nothing to do with racism. It has to do with who do you see yourself as? There's a whole point to me getting around this whole race thing. Because so many times I think we get so caught up in who we are. I mean, shoot, for years and years and years, I thought I was mostly Swedish. And then I took one of those ancestry tests and I found out I'm actually only about 14% Swedish and mostly British. Which none of my family ever said we were. So that totally threw me off. Did it ruin my entire life? No. Why? Because 
that's not who I identify as. I identify as a child of the Most High God, first and foremost. I don't identify as being white. I don't identify as being somebody who's been sexually assaulted. I don't identify as somebody who's been beaten down repeatedly growing up and having no self-esteem because of it, because I was verbally abused by my father. That's not who I identify as, because if I did, I would have what? The victim mentality and have a chip on my shoulder. And that's not what Yeshua wants for me. That's not what he wants in my life. And that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. So often we get so caught up in who we think we are, who we're told we are, maybe because of the way that we look, the way that we talk. You know, I had to repent and I had asked for forgiveness. One of my sister's best friends growing up was very feminine. He was very, very feminine. And I used to joke around and say, are you sure you're not gay? Are you sure you're not gay? Oh, just admit it, you're gay. And I think over time that took a toll on his life because now, guess what? He identifies as being gay. Now, I'm not saying it was all my fault. He made choices in his life to get to where he's at. But I know there's people just like me and, and others who chose to make what we saw in him externally his identity. And now he's married to an, a man. And I actually had, I messaged him on Facebook and I apologized. He never responded to me, but you know what? I did what I needed to do. And I said, you know what? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I laid that burden and that cross on you and said, because you act a certain way, you must be that way. Because what's the reality? That's a lie from the pit of hell. And you know what? Hasatan used me to breathe that lie into his life. And I'm sure many other people as well. And for that, I greatly repented for. Now, that being said, it was funny. I wanted to, like, all right, Lord, like, where can I find this stuff? I just, I want to talk about why it's important for us to be different because we should not all be the same exact people because we're not. But also talking about how important it is to be different people, but how we should act when we are these different people. And it led me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, you know, I lo- like to read from the Tree of Life version. The title for it is called Spiritual Gifts for the Body. And ironically, I'm going to read right into chapter 13, which is the sp- superior way of love. So, spiritual gifts for the body. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed by idols that cannot speak, and you got led astray. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Ruach Elohim says, Yeshua be cursed. And no one can say Yeshua is Lord, except by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Now, there are various kinds of gifts, but the same Ruach. There are various kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are various kinds of working, but the same God who works all things in all people. But to each person is given the manifestation of the Ruach for the benefit of all. For to one is given through the Ruach a word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge according to the same Ruach, to another faith by the same Ruach, to another gifts of healings by the same Ruach, to another workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Ruach activates all these things, distributing to each person individually as he wills. And to me, I think this is a really great picture of, you know, we're all made in the the image of God. Uh, We all look very different. And I'm not even just talking about the color of our skin. Like, 
we really do like how like just height differences too like let's talk about that I mean even in my own family you know like my dad was like six four my mom was five four I think she might have been five five when they were married but that's a difference in height right so we're all different you know some of our noses are bigger some of our ears are bigger some are smaller some of our mouths are smaller there's little difference some of us have freckles some of us don't have freckles so we're all different but we're all created by the same God. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also is Messiah. For in one Ruach we were all immersed into one body, whether Jewish or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one Ruach. For the body is not one part, but many. If the foot says, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, is it therefore not part of the body? And if the ear says, since I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body. Is it for this reason any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the parts, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But now there are many parts, yet one body. So you see the importance there of us being having differences, but being able to work as one like a body. Can you imagine if your brain wasn't working and telling your body parts to do what needs to be done in synchronicity? If they're all trying to do what they want to do at any given moment, there's no way you could possibly function. And I think that that's exactly what I'm seeing now in the world where it's like, we all need to be the same. I, this can also be said for the LGBTQ plus community. If you're not on in their boat with them, then you should not be able to live. You should not be tolerated. You are considered a transphobic or homophobic or any of those different lovely terms. Instead of being like, no, we love you. But we also believe that there's a standard that we are set at because we are children of God. And if we are born again believers, we need to set aside our own fleshly desires, repent of our ways and live like Yeshua. It sounds like an easy concept, but it's actually really a difficult one. The eye cannot tell the hand, I don't need you. Or in turn, the head to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be less important are indispensable. Those parts of the body that we think to be less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our unpre unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no such need. Rather, God assembled the body, giving more honor to those who are lacking, so that there may be no division in the body but so that the parts may have the same care for one another. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer together. If one part is honored, all the parts rejoice together. Now you are the body of Messiah and members individually. God has put into his community first emissaries, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then healings, helps, leadership, and various kinds of tongues. All are not emissaries, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All do not work miracles, do they? All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak in tongues, do they? 
All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and still I show you a far better way. Now, that being said, it rolls right into 13, because if you recall, when this was first written, there were no chapters and verses. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. I think that alone really just speaks for everything I just said. Because how often do we say things just to disrespect another person? Or because we're bitter or angry towards that person. Instead of going to that person and working out your differences so that you can continue to be part of the body of Yeshua and work together. And I feel like we are intentionally, and I think Hasatan is absolutely using this situation, we're intentionally holding on to past grudges that have nothing to do with the here and now. And it's getting in the way. It's getting in the way of the body of Messiah. How can you say that you love God but hate your neighbor? Because if you decide that you don't like someone based on what they look like, you are choosing your biases over what Adonai has called us to be, which is the body of Messiah, to be able to work together. How can you work together if we're not willing to set aside our differences and say, you know what? I'm going to love you, brother. I'm going to love you, sister, no matter how you look. Now, of course, we're called to, to instruct and even redirect and or discipline those who have chosen not to follow the ways of Yeshua who may be leading other people astray and saying that they're following Yeshua. But you know what? I think we need to learn to actually come together instead of running away from situations and, and then talking about it to everyone except for the person you've got a problem with. We need to actually have the guts to stand up and say, you know what? Who am I? And until you figure out who you are, and if you're a believer, by the way, the correct response is, I am a child of the Most High God. I am delivered by Yeshua HaMashiach. And I walk with the Ruach each and every day. I am whoever Adonai says I am. Not who my parents say I am. Not who my friends say I am. Not who I say I am. I'm who Adonai says I am. And how do we know how to discern what that is? By reading his word. I will get off my soapbox now. But it's something that was really just heavy on my heart. We need to stop judging people. By the color of their skin. But judge them on the content of their character. Observe people. See how they treat those around them. With love and kindness. Or with derision. Entitlement. And hatred. We're to love each other. Even when. 
we might be wrong. Love doesn't mean you just let things go and let people act the way that they want to act. It means calling them on their nonsense and saying, you know what, I love you, but this situation is unacceptable. How you're treating this person is not right. Decide who you want to be. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Whether it's popular or not. And I will continue to say the hard things that most people keep to themselves. Hopefully I didn't upset too many people. If I did, you know how to reach me. As I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, I pray. Amen. May you all have a fantastic week, and hopefully you'll tune in next week. Shavuot Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com, or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. And remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.